your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Thursday of Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 if you want to get in here. Good time to do that now and in the back half of the show because in between that I'm going to have Ben Wickler on. He is the chair of the Wisconsin State Democratic Party. So not so the whole state. Uh, if you if you pay attention to politics at all, especially during the campaign season two years ago or a year and a half ago, whatever, uh, he he was kind of he was kind of the leader in getting things like a princess bride reading, right? Right, like raising money through through these these uh, you know a little bit different ways to raise money as opposed to just campaign contributions, or whatever. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna have the cast of the Princess Bride read the script and kind of act it out and do it on camera, not like really act it out, but you could watch them reading the script and you know they're they're animated when they're reading it. And uh, if you want to watch that, give us some money. Uh, they did that with the par- some of the Parks and Recs people as well. So it, it was it was a different way uh, to 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 raise money, and and he's pretty good at it. And maybe that's his only job. But if you have questions, you know, for the Wisconsin Democratic Party chair, uh, shoot me a text, 608-785-7914. And um, I've got a couple of things. I think he, I, I'm pretty sure he's going to come on here and just uh, the, the Republican Party, the state convention is this weekend. So we'll we'll see. I'm sure he's only going to have good things to say about what the state convention is doing. But I uh, I just talked to William Garcia, the Lacrosse County Democratic Party chair, about how how these things happen because the state convention for the Democrats is in Lacrosse next month, towards the end of the month, and I I'm, I don't know for sure, but the, the the talk is that the the party might the 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 Republican Party this weekend might endorse. Uh, a candidate for governor, and I asked William Garcia, and we could ask Ben Wickler. I just don't want this. You know, does the Democrat do the Democrats do that? Do they endorse a senator, a state senator who's or a, not a state senator, but a senator like uh, Mandela Barnes or uh, Adam Murphy or uh, Sarah Gadlewski? There's like ten of them. Um, or do they endorse uh, like a like a candidate running for the third congressional district here for the U.S. House? Rebecca Cook, or Brad Path, do they endorse? And, and William Garcia told me, no, they don't. But the Republican Party uh, is is toiling with the idea of of you know, is it Tim? Is it Michaels or Rebecca Clayfish? And and also, you know, so I, and I don't know. I don't. I don't know if a party should be doing that. I I, I reserved about that a little bit. Should the state party be picking? Who they want to endorse? If you remember, is it last weekend or two weekends ago? No, feels like two weekends ago. The Minnesota Republican Party endorsed Dr. Scott Jansen for governor, and I don't know if they should be doing that. Just okay. So the party has picked its winner. So why even have candidates then, if you're going to pick a winner amongst the the state party? That's who we think. We as the Republicans, we represent the Republicans in the state, and we think this person. And it was like a ranked choice voting too. It was interesting. So they do ranked choice voting to really get the 
the candidate they want you know, to endorse. It's very important. So how are we going to do this? So it's super fair and totally every vote counts and therefore we're totally represented in within the party. Ranked choice voting. Where don't we do ranked choice voting? Anywhere else in Wisconsin or Minnesota. Don't do that anywhere else. Uh, but of course, the you know, the state party does it because they want the best representation for their votes and who's going to, you know, be endorsed. Anyway, that's my spiel. We'll see what else uh, what else we want to talk about. Brad has some history in this in this uh, too. Brad Williams in the in the newsroom, and I'll see if he can come in at the bottom half of the hour too. Because just the idea that uh, he's covered a debate amongst Republican governor candidates, and I believe he has a story to tell. And this is a story for you, real I think probably like political nerds that. Well, maybe not even political nerds, just people that are old enough to remember who the governor candidates were back then. Because I was like, I don't know who those people are. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line if you want to get in here. Um, a couple other things. There's a there's an important story on WKTYsports.com in, in terms of uh, equal pay. The uh, U.S. Soccer Federation has now deem that the men's and women's team will be paid equally, which is crazy. Not crazy that they should get paid equally, but crazy that they actually did this. The men had to sacrifice some of the salary, but also the women always keep winning. So between the two teams, uh, if the only the women's team is bringing in money, because a lot of this has to do with uh, how much money you win, <laughs> if only the women's team keeps winning and bringing in the money, then it's kind of like the women's team is sacrificing. So uh, just kind of an interesting story that's on WKTY Sports. There's a couple of versions of that story. One kind of explains it, and one just talks about it. So I like the explainer that the the AP does. It's just more more interesting. Um, so yeah, check that out. Anyway, I'm gonna go to Brad doing the news, and uh, hopefully Ben Wickler calls me. I haven't talked to him today yet, but we'll see. Usually uh, we're we're scheduled it out, so that's what'll happen, and we'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the text line. If you want to get in here, shoot me a text because Ben Wickler, the the Wisconsin Democratic Party chair, on with me now. Ben, how's it going? It's never a dull moment in the fight for democracy in Wisconsin. It would be a little bit more boring if you were a different, you know, maybe the Minnesota Democratic Party chair. I think your job might be a little <laughs> bit more boring. You know, it's, it's a badge of dubious honor to have one of the most extreme and chaotic Republican parties in the entire country in a state that is constantly under one percentage point in, you know, world-shaping elections. But, uh, you know, keeps keeps work interesting, so I'm up for it. Okay, I want to I bring up one Democratic issue that, that kind of makes me mad because I have a lot of friends in this this area and it's more of a, a Joe Biden issue. And then I, I'll get into the state stuff, but Joe Biden keeps talking about college loan debt and we're going to cancel it. We're maybe going to cancel it. Uh, it's going to be this much or maybe this much. And I have friends that are like holding out, paying their college loan debt off, you know, uh, because it, we have two, two more, two and a half, three year, more years of maybe this dangling. Do you, can you just explain Would there be a decision made here, or should just people start paying off their college loan debt and and stop thinking about the dangling here? I, you know, the president has extended the moratorium on the payments for for a while, so I would uh, definitely 
like pay attention to that. And then it seems like there's a very active review that's happening. I don't know the the inside scoop on where the White House is going to come down, but you know they're not saying this is not happening. They're they're actively looking at it. And with all the things that are happening in the world, I get that that you know it's, it's a lot to move everything through the pipeline at once. But I I'm my very strong hope is that this year, um, you know, hopefully in the next few months, we get a final decision on this, as opposed to having the can kick down the road over and over. Do you uh, think? I know we'll, it'll make a huge difference for a ton of people because those student loan debts can be just a, a total killer. Yeah, I, I think uh, a lot of people on both sides of the aisle, a lot of you know former college students or college students currently uh, would be affected. But also, is it a, uh, a lot of people that didn't go to college seem mad at this? Like, why would you do this? And you know, about them, not me. That's that's always the argument. My when you look at all the things that President Biden is doing and has done, you know, he came in the office and immediately sent the, the fourteen hundred dollar checks to everybody to. And up to the two thousand dollars that he'd been calling for before the election, and then Trump only did six hundred, and those went to everybody. And then there was the the child tax credit, so everybody who had a kid for a year got five hundred dollars a month per kid, uh, or I guess it was, yeah, you know, depending on your income level and so forth. And then the um, the unemployment benefits that help people who are out of work. And then this is student loan debt. I mean, there's different things to help different folks. We've had uh, the governor's invested a billion dollars in supporting small businesses, help small businesses stay open during this pandemic. Um, you know, there's lots of different stuff to help lots of people. And ultimately, everyone benefits when everyone benefits. So, um, you know, even if someone doesn't have student loan debt, they probably benefited from one of the other dozen things. And they'll certainly drive on roads that are being repaired because of the infrastructure bill that the president passed, which the previous president never got around to. Yeah, how, that's the way I look at it. Like, let's all try to help everyone do better because we're all in this together. Uh, d- 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 just, do you remember? Did Obama have an infrastructure bill? I don't. I don't recall. I wasn't paying attention then. Nothing to nothing to this extent. This is the biggest one in a generation. Okay, because Trump talked about it a lot. It just didn't happen. Um, all right. One one other thing. Uh, when you talk about all this stuff that's happening, the House voted to. Uh, help out with baby formula. I think even Joe Biden did the, the, the Defense Act or whatever that's called to to allow importing of baby formula. And also the House voted to, you know, stop gas companies from price gouging because gas prices are way too high and they don't need to be. We're just raking in profits. So there, those are a couple of national things. But uh, since you're the state party chair of the Democrats in Wisconsin, I do want to ask you a couple of things. And we were talking about you're going to be here next month. You're going to be in La Crosse. Um, but the Republican Party convention happens this weekend, and they're they're toiling with the idea of whether or not to endorse a governor candidate. And I, I, I don't know is that do you know, is there any reason why they would or wouldn't? Why why is this a question? Shouldn't they know whether or not they're going to do this? <laughs> so, so the Democratic Party of Wisconsin, our position is that this is a voter's decision, not the you know, the, the party's decision. So we don't, the party is neutral, Democratic Party is neutral in primaries. But on the Republican side, they have a tradition of endorsing someone that the Republican Party insiders like. But this time, the Republican Party insiders are at each other's throats. They are having this race to the bottom. They're leapfrogging each other to become the most extreme candidate they can come up with. You know, one of them wants to fire everyone at the Wisconsin Elections Commission. Another one wants to dissolve it uh, so that there's, and, and put a, a politician in charge that there's only one throat to choke. That's Rebecca Clayfish's phrase. Another one wants to go at back and retroactively uh, 
throw out the 2020 election in Wisconsin, which is like something you can't even constitutionally do. And apparently there's so much discord within the Republican Party that some of them are against the idea of the party endorsing and some of them are for it. And they had this huge debate. So it's really a kind of a dumpster fire if you, if you watch the way the Republican Party's acting, which, you know, if you look at the way they governed under Trump or with the Wisconsin state legislature, it's not a surprise. It's just you'd think they'd be able to at least keep it together enough to put on a, a show of unity for the public. We're seeing nothing of the sort. And if, you know, it's kind of a giant advertisement for chaos, not something that I feel like voting for, but each to his own. Yeah, it would be really easy if they just said, hey, we're not going to endorse and then just leave it at that because and then just say that's our policy because that's what you guys do. I mean, you have 10, 11, 12, 8, 7 uh, candidates running for senator. You have four candidates in the third congressional district here in the lacrosse area running for U.S. House. And when you guys come to the convention next month, you're not going to endorse anybody, but you'll promote them all, right? That's exactly it. We let everybody speak. Everybody has their shot. And then ultimately, you know, it's up to the candidates to run a campaign that earns the support of voters in the primary election to get the nomination. And that is the thing that really predicts whether you can run an effective campaign and win in November. Uh, you know, the idea that it should be just this one uh, convention full of, uh, of insiders making that call, I mean, I guess that's how the, the GOP likes to do it, although there's, you know, they're now having their own kind of civil war within the Republican Party. I will be munching on popcorn and watching this, but it's, it's, it's not good for the state to have the Republican Party at this kind of level of extremism, it's including because, you know, it's forcing each of the candidates to take more and more extreme and dangerous positions. I mean, when Roe versus Wade, the leaked opinion came out saying that it would overturn that law, um, Republicans looked at the fact that Wisconsin has a law on the books from before the Civil War that bans abortion in all cases unless the life of the mother is in danger, according to the statute, um, unless it's necessary to save her life. And apparently, some of the Republicans think that that is not extreme enough, and they want to remove that exemption. I mean, that, like, it's shocking. It's, it's, it's like a... It's like it's someone the way someone would insult Republicans by claiming that they... Uh, that they would take a position that extreme, but that's literally what they're saying to reporters. So, I, you know, I think all this is going to be on display when the Republican convention happens, but it's not pretty. Are you going to go to the Republican convention? Uh, well, I live in Madison, so I'm going to make the trip out to Fitchburg and, and see what's going on. Okay. See what's going on. Because that, that was another question I had. We have a lot of candidates running in, in the Senate in, in terms of, I say we, but the Democrats have a lot of candidates running in the Senate. Should those candidates go to the GOP convention and talk to voters? Because I feel like it's a statewide race. Uh, eight candidates, ten candidates. Uh, it w- wouldn't it be a good idea to go, hey, this is what I'm about? I don't think anyone who shows up at the Republican State Party convention is likely to um, you know, become a, a volunteer for the Democratic Senate nominee. Um, but that said, Ron Johnson at this point is so extreme that, that maybe I'm wrong about that. I mean, I, I think he's the kind of Republican who can alienate a lot of Republicans. And it's not just him claiming that you know COVID vaccines can cause AIDS, which is a bazillion percent not true. It's also the fact that his big accomplishment in the Senate was to give himself and his biggest donors a giant tax cut, um, which you know that basically gave crumbs to the vast majority of Americans. Um, that is a kind of self-dealing that I remember when Republicans were running against uh, the swamp. They wanted to drain the swamp, and that's about as swampy as you can get. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe there are some Republican 
state party convention delegates who are up for grabs in the Senate race. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad idea, even with you, to go there and, uh, you know, you can you can do that. You can blast the, the candidates on the GOP side. But th- these people that are at the convention are at the convention because they like Republicans. But even if you just start talking about the issues and then explaining them and then say you're the Democratic candidate. Oh, by the way, I'm running for Senate against Ron Johnson. And we just had this conversation that you really thoroughly enjoyed what I had to say, you know, just to open your like maybe it would open some people's eyes. I I think it's a it's an amazing idea, and if any Senate candidates right now are listening, you know maybe maybe go find some voters there. All right, going back to Ron Johnson, it's kind of a contentious issue. There's a lot of news stories out there that say that he is promoting. Uh, you we could just say that the Tucker Carlson always does this. He promotes the Great Replacement theory. Um, why isn't the state? You know, the state legislature in Wisconsin has been off for two months. They're off for the the rest of the year. They're taking a nine month vacation. Um, why is it the state legislature reconvening to ban great replacement theory? We've already banned cr- critical race theory. Why aren't we banning great replacement theory in the state? <laughs> the, the thing is that the the far right Republicans, even after this mass shoot, this horrific racist mass shooting, a lot of leaders in the Republican Party, including Ron Johnson, are claiming that great replacement theory is true and it is dangerous and and hideous. It is. You know, I think that they kind of seem to recognize that if they started saying, hey, we, we shouldn't be making this ridiculous, outrageous conspiracy theory claim that promotes racism and even violence, that they would actually split their party because there's, you know, people watch Tucker Carlson every night and he's right there pushing for it. It's the highest rated show on Fox News. Um, this Republican, I mean, you go back to Charlottesville. Do you remember the, the people marching with their tiki torches yelling, Jews will not replace us? That's what they were talking about. They're talking, it's, there's a direct line between that and this shooting that we saw just now and what you see on Fox News and you hear from Ron Johnson. And it is, it is dangerous. It has no place in our politics. But it is now, for Republican politicians, something that they at least push in a serious way. And it, it's one of those things that makes me get up in the morning absolutely determined to make sure that the, the people pushing this poison – don't get power in this country because it is, it is, I mean, we've seen that it can take lives when people, uh, when people come to believe this garbage, uh, it can lead to horrible acts of violence and we need to pull this country back from the precipice of this kind of violence. Yeah. The, the kid in Buffalo, and I'll say he was a kid when he started to look into this stuff, he was 16 when this started and now he's a man, he's an 18 year old. And this is when he did this. Uh, shooting at the grocery store in Buffalo. He's 18 years old, but it only took him two years to get to the point where he decided I need to start shooting people in a black neighborhood because of, you know, what I've been listening to and reading. It only took two years. They're honestly, the very fine line between uh, mainstream, the current mainstream Republican party discourse and the worst kinds, the ugliest kinds of violent extremism and white supremacy. Uh, we saw Rebecca Clayfish and other Republican candidates for governor speaking in front of a three percenter flag. And that that's the flag of this extreme violent movement that wants that's referring to three percent of people involved in the revolution. Um, three percenters have tried to kidnap the governor of Michigan. Three percenters are, you know, involved in, in in violence and beating police officers in January sixth. And I, I haven't heard a peep from any of the Wisconsin Republicans running for governor. Uh, explaining why they agreed to speak in front of this flag, or at least not condemning it after it was pointed out. Come on. 
it's a, this is this is dangerous stuff, and we really need to take it seriously. And what's interesting is to watch is how the Republicans use this kind of you know, violent and hateful and divisive rhetoric in order to whip people up. While with one hand, while on the other hand, they adopt policies that hurt people, whether they're right, left, center, independent, white, black, brown. Like it's it's this trickle. It's it's flood up instead of trickle down. These policies that benefit the ultra rich, and if they divide people, then they can they think they can get away with that kind of stuff. And well, that's that to me is this is the ultimate scam that the Republicans are trying to pull. Well, the trickle down thing. I mean, you guys get this wrong all the time. The trickle down thing. We're still it's a trickle. So Reagan's trickle down economics. It's it just takes a while, and it, we haven't gotten to that trickle yet. It's it's like. <laughs> It's like a 40, 50 year thing. Um, last thing, the, the back to the governor's race, the, the GOP are trying to, uh, you know, unseat Governor Tony Evers. Uh, a, pol- a, a poll has come out, public policy polling. I think this is a pretty trusted poll. If, if you could trust any any poll in the state, um, public policy polling has Tim Michaels ahead of Rebecca Clayfish by one percent. Tim Michaels, 27 percent. Rebecca Clayfish, 26 percent. What do you think of that? I mean, I think this race is wide open. Uh, it's, you know, this this still has the not sure categories. Twenty nine percent is the biggest. The biggest candidate is the the one where people don't know who they're voting for yet. Uh, we're seeing a lot of movement in polls. We're seeing a lot of money being spent running these TV ads. The the thing that I wish is that any of these candidates would adopt you know a kind of common sense to what's right for Wisconsin type of position. And instead, we're seeing this kind of no holds barred rush to the to the fever swamps like they all want to join ron johnson there and uh that's to me that it's just vital that folks who believe in democracy who believe in in the the right of people whose life is in danger to be able to access abortion uh the rights of of people who want to be able to vote um that the folks get together and get involved this year because all those things are on the line in November. No matter which of these nominees Republicans choose in August, they're they're all lining up, uh, you know, kissing the ring in Mar-a-Lago for with Donald Trump and then taking the most extreme positions they can find. So this is this is a fight this year. Make make no mistake. That- and. Uh, Everything we're seeing as we go into the Republican Party confirms that the stakes are higher than we even would have thought possible. That was my last question. We had Tommy Thompson uh, kind of floating the idea that he would run for governor. I have a political science professor on with me on Fridays, and he said if Tommy Thompson was going against Evers, he would have a very good chance of winning. And Tommy Thompson then went to Mar-a-Lago and, you know, after that decided not to run. I would love to be a fly on the wall for that conversation. Maybe not because it would probably be pretty infantile, but... Um, and, and you talk, have all the other candidates for Republican governor in Wisconsin gone, also gone to Mar-a-Lago? One after another. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been amazing to watch. And they are competing to get Trump's endorsement because they think that that's the key. And they're willing to say and do anything to go any, any extreme degree far to the right. And, of course, Trump endorsed Ron Johnson before he even announced that he was running. And now, you know, Ron Johnson is praising this, uh, this policy agenda set up by Rick Scott in Florida that plans to sunset Social Security and Medicare and raise taxes on every low-income person in our state. Uh, I mean, like, these just ultra-radical far-right positions that are being embraced by the Republican Party across the board by their politicians, not their voters. Wickler, what I call that, what I, state. what I call that, uh, what was the name out of Florida, Rick Scott? Rick Scott, yeah. yeah. I call that Florida man floats idea to tax everybody. You just make it a Florida <laughs> man story. So that's uh, if there's one thing that can unite Wisconsin, it is it is not wanting to be 
uh, taxed by Florida man. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's Ben Wickler. He's the the chair of the Democratic Party of the state of Wisconsin. Uh, the convention's coming here. Can any hints on what the convention? Uh, are you bringing in, uh, you know, any any superstars for the convention next month at the Lacrosse Center? I think everyone should uh, register and, and come find out. I think it's going to be a great time. Can't I uh, can't spill any secrets yet. All right. Thanks a lot for joining me, man. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. All right. That was Ben Wickler, the Democratic Party chair of the state of Wisconsin. We got to take a break. All right. Welcome back. To lacrosse talk pm playing beatles penny lane because brad williams is in here and your favorite band's the beatles yes right and brad williams is uh producing direct directing okay. well so there's some producing involved producing directing uh he's got you know when the credits run at the end it's brad williams is that after every credit no i'm just kidding no i'm uh, i'm the spielberg of this one <laughs> so brad Sorry. williams is is uh directing a musical in the crescent Coming up in a month, exact, a almost month. exactly a month at the Appleseed Theater at the La Crescent High School. It's a, a Beatles musical. I don't know. What's the title? The title is Let It Be. Let It Be. Oh, I think there's a song. The Beatles sing a song. The, the, every song in the show is by the Beatles. In fact, the entire show is singing. It's sort of a rock opera. Okay. It's like all the dialogue is sung, and it's mostly familiar Beatles songs. And they, they came up with an original story and characters based on people who are mentioned in the songs. Like, uh, for example, Obla Di Obla Desmond and Molly. And that's, so there's a Desmond and Molly and, you know, and, like and that. this my favorite and it Beatles. takes place in the 60s and you get hippies and you get the Vietnam War and that, that kind of thing. And my favorite song, Woke Up, Got Out of Bed, Dragged a Comb. I can't think of that. Yeah, uh, Day in the Life. Day in the Life, not, in the, not in the musical. Unbelievable. No. Maybe the end credit, like at the end, maybe just play that in the background. <laughs> Eh, just to, just to get it in. How many people are part of the like it's on the be stage? A, a, you know, there'll be fifteen to twenty people in the show. Okay. Yeah. Did we get any superstars like Tom Cruise or anything? No, we can't afford that. Can't afford. It's that. a community theater. It's Appleseed Theater in La Crescent. I know. I was just like, you could have said yes and just. I could have said yeah. I like. <laughs> All right, moving on. The, you're, you're monitoring, not right now because you're in here, but you're monitoring a, a park board meeting. Uh, we've we've come up with a replacement, possible replacement for the Hiawatha statue in Riverside Park. <laughs> That's kind of a stretch. I mean, they're, they are talking about a new work of art that would be in the general area where Hiawatha used to be. Just a little bit shorter. A little, a lot shorter. <laughs> We're talking about a mother duck and baby ducks. This is being proposed. Okay. And uh, this would be placed in the area where the ducks gather on the north end of Riverside Park, which is pretty close to the lacrosse green dock and pretty close to where Hiawatha was. And, so, the, and the duck feeding machines. I think that we have feeding feed, machines in there, right? Machines, Don't yeah. feed ducks bread. It's bad for them. That's right. You can go to Riverside Park and use the, the, the duck feeding machines. And, Brad, baby ducks are called ducklings. Well, yes, they are. Make way for <laughs> ducklings, you know, you know, that old book. But so you have. Uh, a, a proposal for this sculpture of five ducks. And everyone wants to know right away how much is it going to cost? Fifteen, twenty million dollars. Uh, see, Brad. I think it's a gift to the city, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, is uh, this is in honor of uh, in memory of George and Aubrey Croner? Now, people might remember Aubrey Croner was the city clerk for a long time, but for much of uh, Pat Zilke's time as mayor, Aubrey was the city clerk. Okay. All right, so yeah, there's a there's a whole reason behind that, and she probably has some. There's probably some sentimental story about her loving sure, ducks. Sure, and, and her family is uh, 
wants to put the uh, the statues in Riverside Park. Yeah, and it looks like just looking at the picture there, and this will be on wisdomnews.com, what the park board decides, but there's four ducklings in, in Mama Duck. Yep. Um, not, well, it was about two years ago when we literally had a duck and its baby's hatch right outside the studio there. We oh, did yeah. play-by-play. Um, anyway, okay, so I, I actually brought you on. To talk about, so we have Ben Wickler, the Democratic Party chair of the state of Wisconsin on, and the the, the state convention's here in La Crosse in a month, right. a little over a month, at the La Crosse Center. The state party does not nominate, the Democrats do they, not they, they do not endorse, endorse the yeah, candidate. They do not endorse, so we have like They'll eight. have straw polls, okay. for example. Okay. Because they, uh, one year when I covered it here in La Crosse, and it, the first time that Herb Cole was running for Senate, and he sort of won the straw poll there. Or okay. At least they get to. Uh, so at the uh, convention, you'll probably get Mandela Barnes and Sarah Godlewski and Alex Lazary making speeches, and there there could be a a straw poll, but not necess- not a, an official endorsement. That's what Republicans have done over the years, off and on, and might be doing at their convention in the Madison area this weekend. Yeah, they might go to a straw poll versus an all all out endorsement. Well, they've. <sighs> That's that's one of the crazy things is well, that, that for many years, yeah. How, how far do you want to go back? I well, know, you I know told you me want the nineteen seventy eight story, the, uh, the Bob Caston Lee Dreyfus story. Well, and I you, I know your memory works in ridiculous ways about yes. this stuff, but like the, the the Republicans have gone back and forth on whether or not the party convention they will endorse right a candidate for governor or whatever governor el- other or senator. Office. Now this this year for senator. You know, no problem there. Ron Johnson's yeah. the only Republican. Oh, and that's who's- why, and that's why I asked what Democrats do, and now we know the answer. But the governor race, obviously, we have, and a new poll has Tim Michaels ahead of Rebecca Clayfish by one percentage point, mm-hmm. but also the leading leading the poll, twenty nine percent versus twenty seven percent for Michaels and twenty six percent for Clayfish is this person named Undecided. Yes, so, <laughs> but yeah. um, but yeah, that so so you were telling me a story. That uh, back in the seventies. So who were the two candidates running for governor? Well, for for many many years before nineteen seventy eight, the Republican Party pretty much did endorse candidates for governor or or senator. Okay, and there was a governor's race. Uh, Democrat Marty Schreiber was the governor at the time, and the Republicans were looking for a candidate to defeat him. The favorite was Bob Caston, who was congressman at the time. Wait, what did you say? Republicans were looking for a candidate? Oh, because he was a Democrat. Right. Oh, right. Gotcha. The governor okay. was a Democrat. They wanted the governor's office. Yeah, right? uh, makes sense. So, so Congressman Bob Caston from southern Wisconsin uh, was was the leading candidate. Lee Dreyfus, longtime chancellor at Stevens Point, entered the race as well. So it was Caston and Dreyfus, basically. The convention did its uh, nomination, nomination, endorsement, and they endorsed Caston. And basically from that point on, about three or four months until the primary, Caston said, well, I've got the endorsement, so I'm obviously going to be the candidate. And, and at the convention, he, he thanked Lee Dreyfus. Well, I'd like to thank Lee Dreyfus for running a fine campaign. And now here's what we're going to do. And Dreyfus said, we haven't had the primary yet. Let the people decide. And, and there for the next few weeks... Dreyfus went around the state and got a whole lot of uh, support. He was, wore his red vest, as he always did, and got a lot of uh, backing for the idea of letting the voters decide during exactly. the primary whether Caston should be the candidate for governor or whether Dreyfus should. And uh, the week before the September primary, they had uh, candidates uh, from both parties at Viterbo for debate and i went to that debate uh, that night and 
Remember, Kasten, still a week before the primary, acting as if, well, and he said on stage, I really don't know why Lee Dreyfus is still running. I've got the endorsement, but, well, he's here, all right, but I'm the candidate. And, and Dreyfus said, well, no, you're not the candidate yet. Let, we're going to have a primary. And the next week, Dreyfus won the primary, beat Marty Schreiber in November, and we had Lee Dreyfus for four years. Yeah, so the, the, the candidate endorsed by the Republican Party lost the race. Win the primary. Lost the race, and maybe because... Because Lee Dreyfus got a, a groundswell yeah, from the and, public. Yeah, and, and, and that's that's a good reason for maybe not having... And after that, we say, okay, I guess we won't not, we won't do it. And then, then for about 20 years, they did not endorse candidates. And somehow, right, I think it was close to right around the time that Scott Walker became governor, you know, a decade or so ago, they said, well, maybe we'll get back to endorsing because here's who we'd really like to be in these positions. So, right. And then, then some, for one reason or another, they got out of the endorsing. So now it seems there's a, a debate that could happen at the convention this week is whether they endorse anybody or not. Right. So pay attention. And they've got all, you know, they've got Tim Michaels and Rebecca Clayfish and, and Scott Nicholson. And Rathman. Rathman. Or, Is it Rathman? Did I say that right? <laughs> like, Ramthan. Ramthan. Sorry. Tim Ramthan. Yeah. It's not easy to say. And then other and undecided. Yes. So <laughs> I'm looking at this poll. All right. That's Brad Williams. Uh, mon- go, okay. Go monitor Park Board. It's up, coming up on wisdomnews.com a little bit later. Uh, a picture of the ducklings and either of them crossed off because the park board decided not to have ducklings in Riverside Park as a How statue. How you say no to ducklings? <laughs> All right, we're going to take one more break. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. I heard this, like, piano montage. Not piano, and that's not a montage. I just heard a, a piano version of this song. Yesterday, when I was uh, scrolling through scrolling through social media, and I, I follow this pianist that I didn't even know. It's just been a while since he popped up on my timeline, and maybe he just hasn't posted in a while. Uh, but it it is. Uh, I'm trying to find the uh, Peter Pen- Peter Bents B E N C E. So go go check this video out. It's on Facebook. He's got an Instagram page too, but I don't think this video per se. But it's just called Africa. And it's awesome. He uses the whole piano. So he doesn't just play the piano. He's like bopping on the piano. And he's strumming the chords inside the piano. It's pretty awesome. And I would play it. But I don't know if uh, I'm legally obligated to play it. Not obligated. Legally. I don't know if I can play it. I should just call him up and ask him, Peter, can I play your Africa song? It's pretty awesome. Uh, but yeah, check it out. Uh, Peter, B-E-N-C-E. Anyway, Brad Williams uh, just in here talking about the park board meeting. We're looking to... Uh, replace the Hiawatha statue with some ducklings and a mother duck. And it sounds like it's in honor of somebody who's passed away. Well, I don't know. I don't know if they passed away now off the top of my head. Somebody did text in. He goes, sorry for the question out of left field. It's not really out of left field. It's just uh, eh, maybe a little bit. But just wondering if you've ever heard of them, the the maybe the city worker, the committees or whatever, uh, them using the lacrosse center. And Front Street, Hoverhang, as a block party venue would be a great use of the space if willing uh, to allow street to be blocked off. Uh, it's got rain and sun protection. I haven't heard of that. It's not not a bad idea. They have talked about using 
Pearl Street is, uh, is, is basically State Street like Madison has and just converting Pearl Street into a walkway, a giant walkway where we are, we are converting in between the Lacrosse Center and what is it, the Radisson to Riverside Park. We're converting that little uh, walkway that will take you to Pearl Street. So, you know, if you get to the end of Pearl Street where the Lacrosse Center is and keep going, if you want to keep going to Riverside Park, they're remodeling essentially or, you know, redoing that walkway. Uh, to get to Riverside Park, the Pearl Street Walkway, um, and with maybe the idea that you just keep going, keep going up up the block and make Pearl Street no longer a road per se, as as more of a, a you know a walkway for uh, very similar to what State Street is. Um, yeah, so I think that's about it. Uh, tomorrow, Lacrosse UW Lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Chagoski is on with me. I'm going to talk, we're going to talk about uh, a little bit about a crazy, crazy, crazy story on the Daily Beast, which just, I mean, they kind of just promote crazy stories. But the, uh, the idea, uh, Jennifer Carnahan is running for Jim Hagedorn's seat in in my U.S. House district, the first congressional district in Minnesota, right over the river. Um, She's one of the candidates. She has a a little bit of a, a, a sketchy past that if you want to just go she's uh been affiliated with a child sex trafficker just like taking campaign donations we talked about that in the past but um yeah so there's there's just a kind of a crazy story about that that's going to be one of the things we're going to talk about oslo we're, we'll probably continue this conversation whether you're a seasoned chef or just starting your culinary journey cooley region cooks is your new podcast resource discover new techniques hear from local culinary heroes who are mastering the art of the kitchen Join us every Thursday morning at 10 on WIZM. Stream your favorite cooking tips, local chef interviews, and mouth-watering recipes on the WIZM app. Or find us on your favorite podcast platform. Stay updated and engaged by following us on Facebook. Just search Cooley Region Cooks today.